in the name of one holy and loving God. Amen. Amen. So it's hot today. <laughs> Can you all hear me? Yes. Okay. It's hot out, and yet you are here. And it's not just because of the air conditioning. It's not air conditioned between your house and here. Well, except the cars. It's hot out. And so if you came to church today in this heat, I have only one of two conclusions to draw about you. You are either a really strong Mary, whose heart cannot bear to skip a Sunday sitting at the feet of Jesus, or you're a really strong Martha, who is duty-bound to Sunday worship, come hell or high water or puddles of sweat. <laughs> there is also the possibility that you are here to say goodbye to Jim and Deborah, which just makes you a very good friend. And that Mary and Martha were both very good friends as well. So let's talk about them for a minute. Mary and Martha were sisters. They had a brother, too, named Lazarus. And they all spent a lot of time at Martha's house in the village of Bethany. When you stick all the stories about Mary and Martha and Lazarus together from all of our Gospels, you can draw a pretty strong conclusion. And that's this. These three siblings were very close to Jesus, and he to them. The house in Bethany is where he went to rest, to hide, and to enjoy family meals. And so in Bethany, at Martha's house, we often get stories just stock full of family dynamics. In this case, Jesus has come for dinner. Martha welcomes him in, and she makes the meal. Now, as we heard in our Genesis reading this morning, hosting was, throughout Jewish, Jewish history and tradition, still, obligatory and gracious. It's a beautiful practice. We hear about how Abraham enthusiastically welcomed three visitors, asked Sarah, to help fix a quick and delicious meal, and then stood by in attentive service while they ate. Of course, they do turn out to be angels of the Lord, which only strengthens the Jewish urge to host strangers. And throughout Scripture, we hear of angels coming to visit, prophets on journeys, disciples bringing word of the kingdom. And in each case, the welcoming of travelers is encouraged, celebrated, and rewarded. The opposite is not. When the early church was looking back at this rich history of open-hearted hosting, the Apostle Paul wrote in his letter to the Hebrews, Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for by doing so some have entertained angels without knowing it. This hosting expectation, important then and now, is the water Martha and Mary have grown up in. And in this case, in today's story, it is not a stranger, but a very close and intimate friend who has shown up weary from travel, dusty and hungry and in need of their hospitality. It is clearly an all-hands-on-deck moment, right? 
sometimes I think our Gospels are a little like uncolored coloring book pages. The picture's there, but it can give a little color and detail. Sometimes we just need to put on our biblical imagination hats and color it in. So let's do that. I bet Martha brought Jesus in, sat him in the front parlor, picked up a bucket and handed it to Mary and asked her to go to the well and fill it to get some fresh water for Jesus' dusty feet. Then poured Jesus a glass of wine, set the table, put some Frank Sinatra on the record player. <laughs> it was a long time ago. It was a record player. And headed to the kitchen, wondering what was taking Mary so long. Martha kneaded the dough into bread, washed the vegetables, milked the goat, mixed up the rice pudding, put some tea to seek, and still no sign of Mary. Where could that daydreamer have gone? Why isn't she here helping? And then Martha turns to put the bread in the oven and saw the empty bucket sitting by the back door. What? She peeks into the parlor and sees Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, hanging on his every word, not doing a darn thing to help with his meal. Of course, she sputters some of her frustration to Jesus. But before she can really get rolling in that rant, Jesus cuts in and makes it worse. <laughs> right? You heard that line in the gospel. He made it worse. Martha, Martha, you are so worried and distracted. Mary has a better part. You will not make her join you in the kitchen. And in this charged atmosphere of family dynamics, we have spent the past 2,000 years pitting Mary and Martha against one another, haven't we? Which has not been helpful to sisters, or brothers, or spouses, or women in the church, or quite frankly, to Jesus. And I do it too. I've been doing it all week, trying to figure out what to say here. I spent a significant amount of time and conversation with good friends this week, thinking about how I could preach this gospel, because I'm pretty sure I'm mostly married. And this is a Martha society. And I have a lot of Marthas in my family and in my world. And to be mostly married, Talking about this gospel is awkward and complicated. <laughs> that and the dichotomy, the Mary-Martha dichotomy, started to feel simply wrong. We are surrounded by dichotomies, aren't we? And I can't think of a single one that is actually helpful in bringing about the kingdom of God on earth. Not the political parties, not the gender binary, not the claiming that each of us is either a type A or a type B personality, and not letting our interpretation of this gospel get in between these two amazingly generous sisters in the town of Bethany. Once I was able to step away from that dichotomy a little bit, I was able to see my inner Martha, too. And I was able to say, Oh, hello in there, Martha. 
for doing the laundry and the dishes this weekend, so I could show up for church this morning dressed in head. <laughs> and my inner Martha was able to say to my inner Mary, you're so welcome. Thank you for reminding me that Jesus was here so I could slow down and soak up his love. And then my inner sister smiled at each other and cried a little bit. I would be willing to bet that each of you has a measure of each sister too. And that they will thrive best when functioning in gratitude for one another. And I bet that people in your household and in your life would love it if your inner sisters appreciated their inner sisters more fully as well. I bet we could undo 2,000 years of Mary versus Martha competition by simply appreciating the necessity of both in each of our souls. Our Marthas in each of us will open the door and let Jesus in. They will figure out how to be the church in this broken world, how to respond to the horrendous conditions on the border where we have completely lost sight of hospitality. How to get supplies to crisis zones, food to famine areas, and resources to the poor in our own communities, because they know that those who have served strangers have sometimes served angels unaware. Our Marys, the Mary in each of us, will pray and will listen and will pray some more. They will cry and they will embody the kind of healing joy that we each need. They will rub Martha's feet when she returns from the trenches and listen deeply to her stories and they will know themselves to be sitting at the feet of Jesus each time that they behold another human face. So, if you are here today on this very hot day, I pray that it is because you are both Mary and Martha, that you are here because you know that this is where we host strangers, friends, and angels. That you are here because you yearn to sit with the divine, and that you are here in gratitude for each dimension of your one holy and beautiful self. Amen. Oh,